Hello and welcome to the Royal College of Speech and Language Therapists news podcast for November 2022. I'm Vicky Harris and I am here with Derek Mann, RCSLT's Director of Policy and Public Affairs, for our monthly catch-up. We're looking at how politics and public affairs impact speech and language therapy. Good morning, Derek. Hello, Vicky. Good morning. So the Chancellor, Jeremy Hunt, has just presented an autumn budget statement And from your very early analysis, what do you feel the impact will be on speech and language therapy? Yes, we're recording this the the day after the Chancellor's statement. And there are a number of areas that initially look of interest to us. I think that we'd start by talking about the fact that we're still very aware that hardship and austerity and tough times affect speech and language therapists who are members of the Royal College and the people that we work with. And we know that for many people listening to this podcast, the first thing will be to be to look at the tax thresholds and the the, the operatings and other areas in respect of their own household finances. Uh, I would mention in that connection that we are promoting the fact that the Royal College does have a hardship fund to which members can apply, and you can find all the details about that on the website in these tough times. In terms of the the public spending side of the Chancellor's statement, I mean, in order, given recent events, not to scare the markets, they'd pre-announced quite a lot of stuff. Now, normally that's frowned upon, but I think there was a general consensus that actually not scaring the markets this time meant it was important that there weren't any surprises. So it had been flagged in advance that we're back to this issue of when people say the NHS, do they mean health? And when people say health, do they just mean the NHS? So you'll have seen all week people talking about the health budget being protected, which would mean the budget of the Department of Health and Social Care, as opposed to the NHS budget being protected, meaning that portion which is handed over to NHS England. And it can be a bit fuzzy. But anyway, it's protected. Um, Welcome so far as it goes. We know that it's pain deferred. And if you follow this, you'll have seen the discussion that this puts back difficult challenges to after the next election, where whoever is in power at that point will have to bear the brunt of what there needs to be done. There's a couple of specifics in the health stuff which we're interested in. First of all, there's a discharge fund of hundreds of millions, which is very welcome. In the detail around the discharge fund, uh, physio and OT are referenced, which is great. We understand they're the two largest, but but it, it needn't be exclusive to that. So we need to look very carefully at this discharge fund when it appears. As CSP said yesterday, you've got to get the community provision right as well. Yes, you need to to sort out hospital discharge, and we know all the challenges that brings. But if you don't have community rehab sorted at the same time, you're just going to have a revolving door. So that's one area which is good. The second is, is the workforce plan. Now, If you listen to this podcast, you'll have heard me talk about the workforce plan before. We've been waiting for it for a while. So good to see it recommitted to, recommitted to very firmly, saying that it will be specific. For the first time, interestingly, saying it will be independent. And we think that's new. We don't think up until now it's been suggested that the workforce plan will be independent. And, And this is something actually that Jeremy Hunt 
has been good at previously. It specifically says a workforce plan for doctors, nurses, and allied health professionals, specifically referenced in those words. And I think that may be the Jeremy Hunt influence. So our points remain as they always do, fine so far as it goes, but you've got to be cognizant not just of existing service configuration, but of the real need and demand out there for speech and language therapy. You've got to be aware that we can't just talk about the NHS workforce. We have to talk about the whole health and care workforce, and that we have to talk about life stages and careers and leadership and links to education and all of those other things. It's not as simple as saying ex-nurses, ex-allied health professionals. The last thing, of course, is that any, as with any UK government announcement, there are what are called Barnet consequentials, the famed Barnet formula named after a Labour politician in the 1970s, which mean that for any increase in spending by the UK government, the devolved administrations receive a given percentage. Um, and so there will be money in respect of um, health and education and other things, because it is up to the Scottish and Welsh governments to decide what they want to do with it. I should have mentioned too briefly education, actually. Um, I mentioned that health was expected to be protected. There wasn't an expectation that education would be protected in the same way. But actually, up until the next election, stroke 2025, there is protection for the school's budget too. So I think that that's our first take on, on what Jeremy Hunt had to say yesterday. Great, thank you. That's quite a, um, a large amount to think about there. Okay, and beyond that, what other key issues are keeping you busy? Uh, I'll just spin through a few, if I may. The first, which is a UK-wide one, is um, preparing our response to the latest HCPC consultation on their proposed fee increase. So you know, when they said, we're going to put, propose to put fees up by 20%, uh, we immediately said, we're going to oppose this. Of course, we're going to oppose this. Now, HCPC say... It's not a huge amount. It won't come in for a couple of years. Um, and we've got to do it because we don't have enough money as an organization. We say 20% of a fee increase is, is just not realistic. And if there are financial, structural financial problems with the regulator, it shouldn't be up to registrants to sort those out. It should be up to the government. So we're now working on the detail of our response to it. It's a very short consultation. Um, no doubt they will go ahead anyway, but the answer from us and all the other professions is no. Uh, Scotland, I mentioned last time, welcome news about Scottish government support for early language and creation of some regional posts, so quite senior around this. The challenge in Scotland, as for a long time, is that the local government budget continues to take huge cuts and challenges. And... That leads local authorities in Scotland to say, we're going to leave speech and language therapy provision to health because their budget is protected. Uh, so this is a, a, there's wider talk about this across Scotland, but there's a particular issue in Edinburgh, um, the capital, where a proposal has been floated to effectively just pull the city of Edinburgh Council out of all speech and language therapy provision. So we've moved quite quickly in our Scotland office to, to make our feelings known about why that would not be a good idea. And it relates to, to the pay disputes across the UK, where Scottish government have made a higher offer than the other nations at the moment. They've taken an interesting approach. They've said, 
you know, this is the health budget. We will make a higher pay offer as you're requesting. Here's what we're going to cut to pay for it. We're going to cut the mental health budget. We're going to cut the trauma budget. Here are the cuts that will need to happen in order to fund higher pay, which is an interesting approach. I'll see, see if it catches on. In Wales, we had a very positive meeting with the health minister um, and were able to outline to her a number of issues, particularly around workforce. Northern Ireland, of course, we still don't have a government, which remains a challenge. Uh, we had a big conference in Belfast yesterday. We had one in four of speech therapists in Northern Ireland were at the conference, which was fantastic. And the health minister until a few weeks ago, Robin Swan, came because the latest in the constitutional challenges in Northern Ireland is that all the ministers have now been removed from office because there's no government. So not only is there no government in Northern Ireland, there are now no ministers. The country is being run by civil servants. It's a it's a bizarre state of affairs. But we were very pleased that the former health minister took the time to come and speak to us yesterday. UK government might look like it's on a bit more of an even keel, but there are still delays all over the place. We've no idea where the SEND reforms have got to. The schools bill, which is already halfway through its parliamentary passage, all of the talk from within Westminster is that the schools bill is going to be withdrawn and just not happen. Uh, but I would mention one of the things we've been doing around that, which is the need for specialist workforce um, in in schools and education provision. Specialist workforce in this context, meaning speech and language therapists and other professions. And we worked with the National Deaf Children's Society and others on a, a, a statement around this. Delighted that we've got well over 100 organisations now signed up to this joint position. Um, the hashtag is send in the specialists, making sure that speech and language therapy and a range of other professions are available in the education context. Great, thank you. Um, and my final question. Um, so I hear talk that it's the two-year anniversary of the communication access free training this week. Could you remind listeners why it's so important and what it's all about, please? Thank you, Vicky. Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully most people now are, are familiar with the CAUK brand and the CAUK programme. It relates to the bit of the Royal College's mission which is about making the whole of society a friendlier place for people with communication need. And devised with people with communication need and with charity partners, it's a co-owned thing. In essence, you've got the brand, you've got the, the blue logo with the two heads, which was approved by people with communication need. Related to that, you've got Communication Access UK brand, free online training, and the free online training is entry level. It's here's the basics of what you need to know to interact with people with communication need. Um, backed up by standards and accreditation in the sense, not accreditation in the sense of a guaranteed inspection, but accreditation in the sense of a commitment that an organization can make. Uh, quietly in the background over the two years, it has continued to grow. Sign-ups now are over 12,000. Um, 40,000 people have now done the training that we're aware of, with a further 60,000 committed. I was quite pleased to see the first government endorsement of it uh, this month, which was the government of the island of Guernsey, but it's a government, so I'm going to take it, um, signing on to the, the, the Communication Access UK scheme. So we've put out again for the anniversary 
a social media toolkit, which is basically very easy to to promote it locally where you are. Um, and do consider ensuring that your organisation or those you work with are aware of Communication Access UK and hopefully take it up. That's uh, great to hear, Derek. Thank you. And I will put a link to the Communication Access training in the show notes so people can find out more if they're interested. Okay, great. Thank you. I think that's probably it for the questions this month. Finally, I just want to do a little call out to our members about our Horizon project. You may have heard about this already, but in essence, it's a project to uh, get together a comprehensive set of data about the profession um, so that we can build a, a better understanding of the profession and we can use this information for our influencing work and also to better deliver for the speech and language therapy profession. So we need your help to gather that data. What you need to do as a member, if you haven't already, is log on to the RCSLT website and just take 10 minutes to complete some information about yourself and your career. The more profiles we get, the better our data set will be. Thank you very much and uh, look forward to speaking next month.